Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. He's Pat, I'm Rajan, and we're recording this literally less than like two hours after the Washington football team picked up their fourth straight win over the past four games, defeating the San Francisco 49ers by a final score of 20 to th- 23 to 15. Excuse me. Now, for those of you who listen to the podcast at a somewhat regular cadence, you know that we kind of provide our high-level thoughts in terms of our reaction to the game before diving into like some of the individual highlights and performances of each game. But the narrative around today's win or the narratives around today's win are going to be so heavily skewed in the direction of a handful of guys in particular that I'm just going to go ahead and get started there because, um, you know, so many of the overall all-encompassing thoughts are going to kind of segue off that in general, right? So um, I'm actually pleased to be starting off with the fact that today's win over San Francisco should heretofore forever be known as the Chase Young game or the Chase Young breakout party or something along those lines. But basically, it's this was the day if you didn't think we should have drafted Chase Young before and you're a fucking moron if you were on that train, this officially cements the fact that this the Chase Young is a game altering team altering franchise altering type of player in terms of the on-field performance he finished with six tackles a sack a tackle for a loss two passes defended two quarterback hits and of course the scoop and score Um, but just as importantly as i've been alluding to and as the saying goes his impact was felt beyond the box score so pat as i mentioned to you before we get started um I could spend the next 30 minutes trying to rub it into the face of the mentally deficient mouth breathing segment of the Washington football team fans who continued to question Chase Young's impact because they couldn't see it on the stat sheet. But um, I'm going to stop talking and let you get a word in as far as your thoughts pertaining to today's win. Yeah. I don't think many Washington football team fans think Chase is bad anymore. It was Boswell who wrote the article that said he was overrated. Um, Boswell should probably stick to baseball. Uh, because it's like we talked about earlier in the year about how Chase is a joy to watch. I mean, he was all over the place. Like the he the my my favorite play probably wasn't the scoop and score. It, it was his sack because he dropped back into uh, uh, pass coverage, and then the right tackle looked away and he just took off and he basically swallowed Dick Mullins. Um, look, Chase was unbelievable. I think. It had tip to the defense in general. The defense is just dumb. The only they scored that touchdown in the second half, but only because the defense was so good, they scored a touchdown. So they were on the field for so long, they they wore themselves out. Yeah. Um, and we were playing number nine. I had I don't even know who number ninety five is. I didn't even know we had. Couldn't tell you who is right now. Um, He's one of the new uh, guys we signed. Um, I know who you're talking about James Smith Williams is ninety six. That's not him. But yeah, continue. Yeah, but. When our defense is on, the, you know, the field, or our A unit on the field, we also opened with five defense alignment in the first play, which I thought was really cool because um, Settle deserves to be on the field. He's pretty damn good himself. Um, but <clears throat> especially today, but in a lot of games, the four best players on the field are all on our defensive line. Like, for as good as Young was today, and he was terrific, Sweat was awesome. John Allen was awesome. Payne was awesome. Payne had a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. Uh, you know, he forced the fumble for Young, and then Young forced the fumble for Payne. Um, so it's just – it's really cool. To, we're built the right way. Um, I was thinking about this during the game, and 
a lot of teams are, you know, in the NFL, you're only as good as your quarterback is essentially what a lot of fans think. And it, there's a lot of, re, there's a lot of truth behind it. If we're being honest, um, but like a good quarterback can make you competitive. Like Burroughs made the Bengals competitive uh, before he got hurt. Right? I think if you give the Redskins a decent quarterback, we're not just competitive. I think we're like extraordinarily dangerous because that defense is Super Bowl ready. I tweeted it out in mid game. That defense is sick. It's the best defense we've had that I can remember. Um, it's only going to get better because they're almost all back next year. We finally have figured out the safety situation. Our safeties are kind of sweet now. They're at the um, end. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, like, I think Everett's pretty good. Um, B. Mitch basically drooled over um, Everett last week in a podcast with J.B. Finley. Curl is like, wow, that dude's awesome. Uh, and Reeves is pretty good. And they're all pretty young. Um, Chase Young's the he's the he's the predator. He's the like star of the defense, and he is because he's so good. But that defense is ready to to like. I mean, they're already carrying us, but like the Chase Young game is your dubbing it, which I think it should be called. I, I think this is the beginning of something beautiful. I really do. Getting back, oh, stepping away from Chase Young because you're 100 right on everything else. But I want to touch on Cam Crow because you mentioned him. If you took some objective football fan who didn't know anything about anything in terms of in terms of the Washington football team, just had them watch the secondary of our team for the past four to six weeks and ask them, who is the defensive back that's making $85 million a year? They would point to Cam Crow. Or $85 million over five years, excuse me. The Landon Collins contract is where I'm going with this, right? Curls, I mean, he's starting ever Collins next year. There's no way he's not. No disrespect to Lynn. Well, I shouldn't say no disrespect because I guess I'm inherently doing so. But, you know, Lyndon Collins, obviously, it was the Achilles. I think it's an Achilles, right? It's an Achilles yeah. injury, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Out for the season. It's going to be it's a tough injury to come back from and stuff like that. All of that aside, Cam Curl has played substantially and significantly better than Collins had at any point this season. It is not even – I mean, it's, it's a joke if you really want to compare the performances of the two. But um, – Curl is everything you want from a strong safety. I mean, it's not everything perfectly. Maybe he's going to have lacks of the pure athletic tools, but in terms of hat on a hat on the ball, finishing his tackles, playing, you know, blowing people up whenever he does get there, just awesome, awesome stuff. And then, Oh, by the way, you can make plays like you did today with the pick six. Um, just tremendous stuff. I love him. Um, great, great, great performance. Uh, I still, I am still a Jeremy Reeves over to Shazer Everett fan. No disrespect to B. Mitch. Uh, I would love to see Jeremy Reeves as starting free safety. I think I would dare to say that when Reeves stepped on the field, when Everett got hurt, the secondary got a little better today, in my personal opinion. And yeah, um, that's that. But I mean, Chase Young, man, I called it like I was trying to come up with like a word or something in terms of how he played today. And I'm like, the only word I could keep coming back to is home record, right? Like this guy was, was just, awesome. he was, he was, he was a bat out of hell. And he he had that singularly I'm going to wreck the entire offense type of game today. And like, that's what you expect from the number two overall pick. That's what the people who are going to be his detractors are like, well, we've never seen that type of game. Well, you could argue he did have it against Philadelphia in the opener, but this was easily his best performance of the game. And I mean, if he doesn't win defensive player of the week, I haven't taken a close look at the other massive performances or any, if there are any other ones, um, it would be a, it would be a pretty substantial upset. Yeah, one of the things I'm most excited about, it, I I hold absolutely zero ill will towards Trent Williams, but I I was happy that our young DNs like showed out against the Niners, specifically because Trent's there. 
Uh, I mean, Chase and Trent were matched up a bunch. Sweat was matched up with them a bunch. Kerrigan actually got a lot of run today. I don't know if Kerrigan did get a lot of time today. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if maybe. I mean, I guess you noticed it too, but I, I felt like he was on the field for over half the snaps, um, which is good. I think it. I mean, he's he. Shout out to Kerrigan. Uh, pick six for Curl. Go watch, watch, rewatch the replay. Kerrigan just walks the tackle back into Mullins, and that's part of the reason why he panicked and threw the ball into the flat. And Curl obviously jumped the route and took it to the house. And then uh, another shout out to James. What's his? What's his? James Smith Williams. Yeah, with the block on Mullins to allow the touchdown to happen because Lord knows Dwayne wasn't going to lead us to a touchdown. Uh, but the yeah, defense is awesome. I think. Uh, I think we're going to give the Seahawks a lot of problems. Uh, you know, we can get to that at the very end, but like for as scary as that offense for Seattle is, I'm, I'm totally okay with saying our, our defense will go against anyone anywhere. Uh, because as Deron Payne said after the game, Chase is, Chase is a dog. Hell, this whole defense line is full of dogs. <laughs> they're awesome. So uh, to close the loop on your number 95, that is Casey Twohill. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't. No, I, I, I didn't either. I had to hour lads that stuff. Um, Montez Sweat, so like we've talked about this, I think it was our most recent podcast where we talked about how much he's been able to feed off of the 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 uh, the tension that Chase Young gets. But I don't want to, or not that we are trying to diminish any way of his performance, but it's actually funny. One of my favorite, one of my favorite things um, that came out of the game from the pressure generated as a whole across the defensive line. It was the third and two pass towards, I think it was like one of San Francisco's last plays, right? So it's third and two Mullins hits that crosser to Kendrick Bourne. He has the big catch and run. And then it comes back because the, the holding on McGlinchey, like sweat definitively beats McGlinchey on that play. And McGlinchey oh, just yeah, had to basically just yank onto his, his collar and yeah. just yank onto him and hold on for dear life. Cause he got there. And I think that's, it's just, very symbolic of like the pressure that they've been able to generate. McGlinchey's a very solid tackle, right? He's a top 10 pick in the NFL draft, if I'm not mistaken. And again, Sweat just clean beats him off the line. And uh, I think Sweat got some pressure early on. There was a couple of plays. I think it was early in the game. He almost had another one of those batted the ball up in the air and like pick six type of uh, scenarios, although it, the ball just kind of went the other way, but like another time where he just got like eight and a half, nine feet up in the air and like reached his arm up. But um Love watching the two of them just collapse the pocket. And again, you can say one's a byproduct of the other. I don't really care. They both are monsters. And the de- awesome. as a result, as you said, the two or three, if you want to count Tim Settle, or four, if you want to count the other guys like Smith Williams and the two he'll do that we're just talking about, they are feeding off of that. And when you have that symbiosis kind of all coming together, it's, it's awesome. And it's, it's really manifested over the last three or four games. Um, Seattle's offensive line continues to be a problem. And yeah, Russell Wilson is amazing and he's fantastic to your point. But look who you're – he yeah. makes so much of his magic by improvisational ability. Good luck doing that against legitimate freak show athletes like Chase Young and Montez Sweat. There was a play today where um, it was a simple screen to – what's his name? Ayuk. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Um, yes, I know. And it, it was a little tunnel screen. I, I like, was like – and we over-pursued a little bit. It was the, one of the few tunnel screens that, like, we didn't – like, Moreland or Fuller didn't blow up. He got past the first couple guys, and I was like, uh-oh. And then Sweat just comes flying out of nowhere and catches him from behind. A defensive end. Yes. I know we, t- we talk about his 4-4-1. The guy ended up getting, I think, 11 yards in the first down. But I bet you that – I bet you at that very moment, Ayuk thought he was about to get 30 to 40 yards. Um, 
because he got he got through the first wave of defenders and typically on screens when that happens it's a big gainer uh and sweat running his four four one catches him probably five yards and he was had so much momentum he carried him another five yards while tackling him to your point about open field pursuit again on the chase young scoop and score if you're a member if you're on the offensive side the fumble happened on the right side of the formation chase young is dropping back in coverage on the left side of the formation and yet young still goes across basically the formation and to pick up the fumble that was obviously generated by Deron Payne and then runs it back. And he said, on the he right said side Bostic, get your damn hands off this is my ball. One, he said that. And two, I think one of my other favorite parts of that play was the convoy that I think it was Smith Payne and uh, your boy, Jimmy Williams, Jimmy Williams. They're all there. Yeah. They were all there. They were all like just, you know, leading the convoy and, and, and making and clearing the road for, um, for Young's return, it was just it was. I, I could watch that replay over and over again. It was very, uh, very reminiscent of someone tweeted this. It's not my take. Um, very reminiscent of Sean Taylor's touchdown against the Eagles. It did feel all like white. You could see all whites picked up fumble down the sideline with a convoy of people. Uh, very, very similar. We're two and zero in the all whites, by the way. I'm curious to see if they rock them next week. It'd be hard to see they don't rock them. I've watched my last three, uh, three games upstairs in our main living room TV instead of downstairs in the confines of the man cave. And I'm like, I can't, I, I can't watch the game downstairs anymore. Right. I can't, I have to watch it now in the living room until this ends. And as I, I said, I, I remain on record that they're not losing. I was wearing this today. Very fitting. You got, I, you know, it's funny. Shout out to my buddy, John. He was just talking about, um, he ordered his son a Chase Young jersey, got a deal on it. And I'm like, damn, that's, that's tempting yeah, right now. Man. I got a little shirtsy. Yeah. I figured, I figured I was only going to have, we're only in the football team for one or two years. Well, well so that's the other perspective, here. right? Like you, it, I, I was making, when I was talking about the, like, when are they going to rename themselves? And um, I'm like, if they rename themselves, I think in 2022 is when it's going to happen. All this stuff in the inner, in the interim, like you're saying, like that's going to be collector's item. Dude, it will be. But also if we, if we uh, win the division this year and turn around and are good again next year, who knows? I, as I said, I still think there's a 50% chance that football team remains in perpetuity. I, I genuinely believe that there's a, at least that much of a chance somewhere in that general neighborhood. Um, one other one that I wanted to talk about. So I had a couple for in a game like today, there was a bunch of really good performances, maybe some not so good ones, but two other ones I wanted to make sure that I highlighted. Um, the stats won't back it up, but I thought, um, well, I'll get to them in a second, but the guys that kind of facilitated that, I thought the offensive line, particularly in the run blocking game, um, they were my honorable, honorable mention performance, and I thought they were outstanding. Like, they were against a very good, maybe not as good as they were last year, well, definitively not as good as they were last year, but against a very good front in San Francisco. They were blowing holes up in many, many cases, or giving at least – ample room to run for those two running backs who are not as dynamic and explosive as Antonio Gibson, um, but nonetheless were able to generate chunks of yardage rather frequently when given the opportunity because of the performance of the guys up front. And um, uh, again, Rulier in particular and Rulier and Scherf in particular, but also shout out to Moses and L Lucas who played well and Schweitzer as well. Like those guys all did a really good job and I want to make sure that they get their moment. It has been good all year. Um, well, not, all year, but for the majority of the year, the O-line's pretty much held up. Uh, I am continually stunned at how well they played. Um, I thought our offensive line was going to be... Tire fire? Yeah, absolute tire fire. Um, but whatever Rivera said to Moses or has gotten Moses has been great. Sure, as long as he's healthy, is always great. I think Rudy has been very good. Um, 
you know, I have a buddy uh, on, the, on our booze hogs thread that like we all picked the player at the beginning of the year who we irrationally hate. And mine obviously was Abdi. His is Ruye. Um, which I, hey, if he's if, whatever, but he has played pretty well. Uh, fucking Schweitzer's been great, and Lucas has been pretty solid, minus when he doesn't line up uh, in the backfield. Uh, in the backfield, um, you know, I, you gotta you gotta have some big holes with Peyton Barber's ear running back because dude, dude's not dude's vision is is I don't even know if he looks ahead. I think he just puts his head down and goes. Um, McKissick is very good at finding little creases, and. McKissick's the type of player where I wish he was on the field a lot more, but he's kind of small and gets beat up a little bit, so he can't really be on the field every now. He reminds me of Chris Thompson a little bit. He took a couple uh, of wicked hits today. Took yeah, one specifically out of bounds. Where I was yes, uh, that's the one I, I thought. He, I thought he was. I thought he was concussed. Um, Should have been a late hit too. Uh, I also thought he got the first down at the end of the game, but uh, going back to Montez Sweat, that roughing the passer call on him was bullshit. By the way, that was, yeah, was absolute soft. complete bullshit. It was soft. He kind of laughed about it too. Yeah, that was completely <laughs> bullshit. In nine out of ten games we're talking about this year, that that call doesn't get made. That was a bullshit call. I was just that just popped back in my head when we're talking about late hits. The uh, the for the line has to hold up though. I mean, we have a quarterback back there that can only play two quarters at a time, and Dwayne's terrible. Uh, so that line has to be good, and they've been playing pretty well. So I agree with you. I, I think you know. They should go up, and I think the running backs in general today played pretty well. Yeah, so McKissick and Barber, the duo, finished for 23 carries for 105 yards. That's a solid afternoon of work. Um, Peyton Barber, classic Peyton Barber stat line, 12 carries for 37 yards, average of a whopping 3.1 yards per carry. That's the Peyton Barber we all know and love. But, like, you know, those – he hits those gash plays where he – it's not gash in the sense of, like, you know, the big gainers, but, like, five, four to seven to nine yards – and when he does, like he hits it hard, and it's a nice chunk pickup. And he has been very reliable on the short yarded situations. And I think he given, always gets a yard. Given the role that we signed him for, there's not much more you can ask of him, right? Like we asked him to be that guy, to be the situational change of pace, short yardage guy. So we're not overburdening Gibson, we're not overburdening McKissick in those situations or in those circumstances. And to that end, if you look at him from that, you know, from that, then yeah, he's been great. And there's hard to hard to ignore that or hard to uh, overlook that. Uh, Washington finished with only less than 100 yards rushing on the team because on the day, and I'll kind of just use that as a quick segue, and we can talk about the other quarterback in a moment because Dwayne Haskins finished with negative 12 yards rushing today. Um, as Dwayne can't we, even he can't even kneel right. Um, I was joking about this in my on the Slack thread with my friends that as soon as Haskins came into the game, we're like, and I'm like, you know, how do we want our L? Do we want our L well done? Do we want it medium rare? Do we want it well seasoned? Like, but here's the L. Here's the here here's the loss that we're going to take as a result of Smith not being in the game. Um, so he started off hot. I think he finishes. He completed his first three passes, and then the Haskins. His pass to Logan Thomas was a dart. That throw, I was like, that's why that's why people drool over your. But arm strength, it's like, I, I've said this a thousand times, and I'm like, arm strength in today's NFL actually does mean something now. I've kind of swung a little bit back on the other end of the pendulum. But I'm like, look, man, Jamarcus Russell had one of the greatest arms we've ever seen. And what the hell did that mean, right? Like, he's not Jamarcus Russell. I've said this a bunch of times. But, like, so those first three he passes might, went, he might be. <laughs> went where they went. The pass to Sprinkle, which, you know, I can say I can't say enough bad things about Jeremy Sprinkle. Jeremy Sprinkle, as I said, the best way to put it, he's the he's the Troy Apke of the offense. He may be worse, 
like I think I've seen Apke do something that of relative productivity. You can't no, say yeah. that. You can't say that about Jeremy Sprinkle. That guy's fucking worthless. But the pass that Haskins had to Sprinkle, um, wild footwork as usual, classic Haskins throw. The third and goal. His sidearm pisses me off. I'm like, dude, just you can't even make a normal throw. What are you trying to do with sidearm for? The third and goal that he forced to McKissick. Again, back foot throw, falling off. Like, it's just, what are you, why are you going for all the fancy points, man? Just throw the goddamn football like a normal quarterback. Like, what are you doing? And, um, and then after that, he was just all over the place. The only one that you have to blame, it was his second drive. It was Washington's second drive where it was not the best pass, but it was much a very viable pass they threw to Steven Sims, who once again dropped it. You made the great comment that Sims is good for one, you know, one drop a game, and that was his drop. And uh, that sucked. Yeah, that was, talk about sophomore slump. Good Lord. That was Sims really, he's been trashed this year. I mean, yeah. Steven Sims from last year has not shown up in any way, shape, or form this year. Yeah, I was I was genuinely pretty excited about Sims because he's so quick. Uh, he's he's a good punt returner. He had two two good punt returns today. Uh, uh, but he does he does drop an easy pass every week. Now today I'm not saying it was easy, but if you want to be a starting receiver in the NFL, to catch you have to make. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk about Haskins too much. Um, I mean, he's terrible. Uh, you know, if there was any, if, if there was any Redskins fan that was on the fence or like thought, well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe he's not that bad or like maybe he sat out for a couple of weeks and like kind of figured it out while watching nope. Alex Smith. Nope. No, he's terrible. He sucks. He's absolutely the worst quarterback in the league. Um, like I, I was kind of joking that he sure is better than me. Uh, I mean, Dwayne is so bad, but to be fair, Alex Smith was also really bad today. Now, granted, he was bad because he couldn't push off his leg because whatever it was, whatever's going on. But if, if the Niners had actually caught that pick that was reversed, I mean, that was backbreak. Yeah. We lose the game. We lost. Uh, So it's, I mean, Dwayne sucks. I wanted, I wanted him to be so good and he's so bad. But I'm not going to talk too much about him because he does, he's not worth it. I want to reiterate that last point, that, or the, one of the last points you made. If you're a Washington fan and you are holding on to this hope that like um, Haskins just needs the opportunity to get back into the lineup, and as you said, he's learned and he's gotten the opportunity to kind of step back and work from a professional and stuff like that, that train has sailed. You need to stop holding on to that hope. It's, we've seen enough. The sample size is large enough. We, it's not even from the perspective of like, well, he's only started this many games. There's nothing to go off of. The, yeah. the, the bad so grossly and egregiously outweighs the good that you can't even hope for the good because he just, he can't play. He can't play. I'm, I'm sorry, but like it has been proven time and time and time and time and time and time again. There's nothing to hope for. The only thing you can say over and over again, which you've said, and is that he has a strong arm. The pass gets there very quickly from point A to point B. But Ron Rivera said himself multiple times, it takes so much more than a strong arm in this league to be a good quarterback. And I think he's got, he's missed everywhere else except for that he has a strong arm part. Sorry. Yeah, my, my buddy Smalley texted, texted me during the game or after the game and said, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad Dwayne played, which I was like, what, really? I was like, do we watch the same quarterback? Uh, and but his response was, "Now I know he truly sucks." Right, we got that out of our system. Right, <laughs> yeah, we got that no, last hope out of our system. There's no, yeah, there is no more hope left for that guy. Um, that yeah, oh, he's so bad. And 
you could tell Ron was pissed at during when we were trying to take a knee. Uh, and like, I don't know what was going on. First, we took a delay game because Dwayne's probably taking selfies. Uh, and then fucking like, I understood what he was trying to do with like kind of wasted two or three extra more seconds by waiting to take a knee. But then we had to waste the timeout because the timeout was really bad. That was really, yeah, really bad. What are we doing? Uh, and then you could see Chase Young getting pissed. Like, dude, just take – I think he even screamed and the, can- the uh, camera caught him, like, just take a knee. Uh, and I, you could see Ron getting pissed. I mean, oh, man. Anyway. I don't know if it was just hot-dogging or just, like, lack of situational awareness or a combination of all of the above. But, like, I, I don't get it. And, like, again, you know – throw out whatever hidden agendas you think there are, throw out whatever, you know, biases or anything else. Like, it's just obvious, man. The guy can't play. Look at what we saw from the brief moment of Kyle Allen. And then once Alex Smith knocked off all all the rust, I mean, look at how he's played over the last few weeks. And then you expect that we should be giving Chase Young, uh, Chase Young, Dwayne Haskins an opportunity. And like, off of what merit? It's it's ridiculous. Let's get to Alex Smith, because um, I, I think an apropos segue from there would be the fact that if Smith can't play, we're in we trouble. Well, we, we, yeah, we, we might as well just start Logan Thomas at quarterback, because I don't think it'll make that much of a difference, to be completely honest with you, right? Or we start Tyler Heine- uh, Heineke from ODU. Yeah, our COVID Seahawks don't, Our Seahawks don't want that smoke. Heineke would be slinging it prior to Norfolk, Virginia. Um, Smith was bad today, though. He, I don't know whether it was an issue of he couldn't, well, it's not an issue of he couldn't, he could not get in rhythm in the first half. Like he looked rusty and I'm like, I don't know what rust you accumulated. You played six days ago. So um, there was just like, he was off. Uh, he had the deep shot, I think second drive to Robert, Robert Foster that he just missed. All the people were saying that Foster pulled up on the route. So I don't know if it's yeah. high, entirely on Smith. Um, he, he was off. He was just off. There were a lot of un-Alex Smith-like throws. Now, you know, Alex Smith was like dead in the water for so much of the game against Pittsburgh, but you're like, all right, well, that's Pittsburgh's front seven. They're really good. And, and San Francisco's is almost as good in many capacities. But yeah. Um, Smith had two throws where I, I was like, mm, something's not right. First one was uh, McLaurin ran a dig route and was wide open. And he short, he, Smith he short, just he short armed it or like threw it into the ground like three yep. three yards short of McLaurin, and it was a very simple throw that most NFL quarterbacks could make, and he whiffed. And the other one was it was third down and like six or seven, and it was a very McKissick came in the backfield ran a little out route, and Smith just sailed the ball, and like I've we've seen Alex make that throw so many times that I was like stunned that. Um, it, it wasn't even close. Like, McLaurin didn't even – or not McLaurin. Uh, McKissick couldn't even, like, get a hand on the ball. That's how bad of a throw it was. And you wonder how much that – whatever it is, it's a calf, a shin. I don't know exactly what the problem is. I mean, it's obviously probably a shin because of the way it was gushing blood last week or whatever. I don't know if that's really the culprit or if that was just, like, a it's a separate but related thing. Um, but you, one, don't know how much of a factor that was in terms of his early performance and then obviously the fact that he got pulled after that. And then, which begs the question, what is the extent of it? I haven't looked at any of the post-game comments in terms of his availability or the nature of the injury. One reason for uh, optimism it was a calf strain. X-rays were negative. Okay, well, that's a good thing. I my optimism. I think he'll play next week. Exactly. So, like, is the fact that they kept calling him questionable? Like, it's not like, yeah, he's out. Like, which I mean, you know, in-game status reports outside of being out is basically they're pointless. Um, 
but it wasn't definitely, yeah, this is bad. And then obviously you're saying that the medical examinations kind of confirmed that fact. So. Yeah. Then, the Ron said post game that if it, emergency situations, Smith could have played, but they were just being cautious. Right. Makes sense. I, it's kind of how I felt that like, if they were joking, like, well, if Haskins goes down, it's Logan Thomas time. And I'm like, I don't think if that was the case, like if Haskins went down, I think Smith would just hobble his ass back into there unless things got really bleak. And then maybe we would have Logan Thomas coming in. But so let's say for the sake of argument that Smith is um, viable enough to play next week against Seattle, which God, we hope he is. What version and what capacity of Smith are we getting? Like, are we getting the one that entered the Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia, the uh, the game today against um, San Francisco, or are we getting some, you know, even more diminished version of him? Yeah, I don't know. Um, all I know is he is our best and only hope of making the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, if he's not playing, all bets are off. Yeah. The I mean, he was he was pretty bad today. But one thing I'm going to segue a little different. I know it wasn't any of the notes that you sent over, but I'm like I'm going to stand on this hill for for the weekend. I thought Scott Turner called one of the worst offensive football games in the history of football. Really? Uh, I was so mad during like I've praised him for weeks yeah for being genuinely creative I thought I mean obviously not that bad not the worst in the history of football but like I thought he was bad today the um after how do we get the ball back after the first fumble recovery I forget who recovered it um we got two quick first downs and uh it was first and goal on the eight yard line and we went empty backfield all three plays. Not even, not even an attempted like play action. Like the defense knew everything's going on. Plus, without a Smith back down back there, there is no threat of a quarterback draw either. So it's like, okay, we know exactly what you're doing. And then when you only have eight yards to work with, like everything's already congested. If the defense knows what you're going to do, they're going to have the upper edge. I thought, hey, that was bad. In the second half. I just like was screaming at the TV, just give the ball to Barber. Because every time Haskins dropped back, I thought, oh, we're fucked. Um, we got the ball back with like six minutes left, and we tried to do a, a play action sack. Um, and then we ran, it was like second and 17, and we, ran, we had like a little run with Barber. My point is, I just, I don't think he read the game well enough, and he didn't put our players in enough positions to succeed. Um, which, you know, hey, everyone has bad games. I thought Turner's been – he's been – he's a young coordinator. He's still learning. He's been very good multiple weeks. Uh, I've, but today I – the fucking wide receiver screen pass, like, boom, could have been disastrous. Uh, it was well defended. I, I, don't, I don't hate it. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to disagree with anything. I don't think – I my take on your take is that I don't – I didn't see it. I'm not disagreeing with you. I didn't see Turner's game plan as being egregiously bad but I don't think Turner did anything particularly outstanding today. I wasn't like, Oh, this was a well-designed game plan or something like that. And to segue off your segue, which was also, I don't think I mentioned my notes. I can't remember if I did or not. Um, I actually thought Kyle Shanahan's game plan was excellent today. His, his, he's, he's just a offensive savant. He's a fucking savant, man. But like, if you watch the schematics, I mean, there were so many, I, I think he just, I mean, as simple as this is to say, you just didn't really have the quarterback to execute what he wanted to do. But in terms of keeping the defense off balance, he did two particular things. One, which is 
any team should do this against us. The way he designed the runs and a lot of the passes kind of using some of the guys out of the backfield, he really said it, he really challenged Washington's linebackers to step up. He wanted, he wanted to really make the linebackers make the right decisions, which we know that's really not going to happen. By the way, there's one run on the F of the off, like off tackle to Mostert. Um, now Mostert's really, really fast. Like don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But I saw Thomas Davis huffing behind him. And like I said, if the guy might as well have had cinder blocks in his shoes, it was awful to watch. It was right when Kevin Pierre Lewis, right after he got hurt and Davis was on the field. And it, it was just really, really bad. I, I, I might as well have been chasing Rain Mostert. That's how slow he was going. But I thought Shanahan's game plan was very geared towards making the linebackers kind of make plays in space and make the right decisions. We actually talked about, we talked about this last week when we were talking about the Niners game because we knew Kyle was going to attack our linebackers. And they did exactly that. And number two, he did a great job of kind of getting everybody going one way and dropping receivers or like finding outlet passes in the other way. And like he got the whole defense moving that in one direction, um, did a lot of great things off play action. It was a really, really, if you watch it from a football nerd perspective, really well designed game plan. Again, just, um, one of my friends I was texting you during the game, like one of my friends who's a 49ers fan and he was joking during the game. He was like, even when Haskins entered, he was like, look, you're fine. We have Nick Mullins. You're not going, we're, we're not going to win today. We mean the 49ers in his perspective, like Nick Mullins is, you know, Nick Mullins is Nick Mullins. And like, you know, it ultimately proved to be true, but uh, in comparison, not that you can compare Kyle Shanahan to Scott Turner, but Kyle, excellent game plan. It was really fun to watch objectively from a football perspective, not as fun to watch when it's happening to your team. The only thing I'll say about negative about, I mean, I don't really like Kyle. I know, uh, I know his time in Washington wasn't awesome. We did a lot of bad things. I'll also say that he did a lot of bad things too. So I don't generally like Kyle Shanahan, uh, even though I think he's a wizard when it comes to the, the fucking offense. I do think though that he, they abandoned the run more than they should have. They still ran the ball so. pretty well. I will agree. I will agree with that. I thought they got they a little too quick with passing. They ran the ball down our throat that yes. one drive, and then they came out throwing the next, and then we just shut them down. We couldn't stop, mo- like especially because in the set third quarter and fourth quarter, the defense really started getting after uh, Mullins. Like they really started pounding yeah, he, he that got, guy. He got some happy feet, and, and I they and, and exactly to what you said, Mostert and Wilson were really gashing us, and they did go away from that. I will completely those stretch zone zone uh, runs they were running in the first on that touchdown drive and then five, six, seven yards every single time. Yep. Um, and then they just stopped, which, Hey, I was cool with. <laughs> right. Uh, that's where our linebackers really struggle. Although I thought Bostic was, was better today than he has been in a while. Bostic was uh, fine. KPL was fine. Holcomb made a few, uh, made a KPL few sack a few times. Sweet. KPL sack was nice. Yep. He uh, blew that, that dude way up. I think it was use check that he like legit blew yeah, up in the open he field. He blew him up. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like pursuit and space, like that's just not their forte. I thought he did a good job of making guys like DeShazer Everett and even Cameron Carl and stuff like that make the wrong decision in the intermediate to deep parts of the field in terms of covering guys. Cause like, um, Ayuk, Richie James, like they were ripping off chunk plays off the play action and they were forcing the linebackers to kind of like, you know, vacate the zones to kind of open things up. And like I said, challenge our safety. So good stuff. But I, I will definitely agree. I was like, when they stopped running the ball and they kind of put the game in Mullins' hands and I'm like, this is a good thing for us. Yeah. I mean, he, he had two fumbles and he had two picks or one pick. It was Curly only pick. I can't remember. Right. Yeah. It's my pick. Yeah, they had three turnovers. Yeah. They, they had three turnovers and we got 17 points off. And that's, that's the game. First, uh, first win without an offensive touchdown in 28 years for the Washington franchise. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen that floating around, and I want to challenge it. 
the stat I've been seeing is it's the first time we've won without a touchdown since like 92, 92. or something like that. But didn't we beat the Bears like 9 to 7 one year with Gibbs 2.0? It's the Bears or the Dolphins? I know what you're talking about. I remember that specific game. Uh, it was right before the Monday Night Miracle. It was the game before the Monday Night Miracle where Santana caught the touchdown pass. So I, my point is the stat that I've been – like I've seen it a lot on Twitter. And I think it's road game. First road win without a touchdown since that, 92. That, that sounds probably more, more plausible in that case. Um, but I've also could be making that shit up. But, no, I, the, the nine to seven score is a hundred percent accurate. That I know for a fact happened, and it does. I, if I remember, it does does start me correctly. It's right before the two thousand five week two Monday Night Miracle. The yeah, because we were playing the Cowboys, and I was like, God, our offense is fucking. And those atrocious. were the two bombs to Santana were the first two touchdowns, or first touchdowns of, of the year. year. Yes, yeah. which we saved till the fourth quarter of that game. Um, shout Take out to Roy, Jordan to Roy Williams who got burned on both of those touchdowns and the Washington. Like the receivers hated Troy Williams. Uh, Roy Williams. They hated him, and it was just fun to watch them. Like Sam Moss was like, I think he went back to Brunel, and he was like, "I got this bum ass guy covering me. I can smoke him, you know, with my eyes closed. Just let's bomb it over the top." Um, we'll talk very briefly about Seattle. Um, I so Seattle was plus was minus fourteen today. Like in terms of the line, I think that's what the fourteen or fifteen. And I actually in my weekly column, I took the Jets. I should say I took, I took the points because I thought the Jets would get a little bit of a bump from firing double G Greg Williams. Um, I should have realized that like that stink is, is really hard to wash off and the Jets are the Jets at the end of the day. Um, obviously, Russ did cook four touchdowns, although it was only only on 206 yards passing or something like that. Um, but you know, still- It was a get-right game for them. I hope they, as we were saying, with other teams are smelling themselves coming into Washington. Um, I do like the fact that the game is in Washington versus Seattle. That still means something, I think, for that team. Um, well, they have to fly, fly east. That's a win for us. So not that this is any, like, you know, statement, like any defining statement or something like that, but I, I genuinely believe, pending Smith's help, that, you know, we beat Seattle and my run-the-table prediction comes to fruition because again i not to take anything away from carolina um, and to take everything away from philadelphia i don't give a fuck about their win against the saints today wonderful you beat Taysom hills outdoors congratulations when they had no you know a short week to kind of prepare for your opposing your new quarterback and uh, by the way he also ran for 108 yards so just wonderful if the saints shit the bed today and don't tell me that it's because jalen hurts is this amazing quarterback so i won't go down that rant again but i think long story short is if we can beat Seattle and that which would entail limiting their offense um, and limiting the damage done by Metcalf and Lockett in particular uh, from Russell Wilson um, it's really hard to see given how hot this team is playing given how much they believe in what they're doing right now that they're going to drop any of the two games after that yeah I'll be actually curious if they flex the Panthers game to Sunday night because it'll be the Rivera game versus old team Uh, will no matter what be tied for first place uh, and Chase Young is going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, and people want to watch him. I would not be surprised if they flex that game into prime time. Um, just so many storylines. Speaking but, uh, of flexed into prime time, I'm going to take a quick moment to fle- talk about the the Browns and the Cowboys. Giants. The Browns and the Cow- Giants being flexed to, to prime time. What the fuck have the New York Giants done? 
I know they beat us twice. One, congratulations. What the hell have the Giants done to warrant being put on national television? Uh, again, shout out to my friend, John, my buddy, John. He was like, so he texted me. He's like, yo, I'm thinking about putting, you know, some money on Arizona, one and a half against the Giants. That's easy money. And me, like a jackass, bought into the media narrative like, oh, the Giants are playing better. They're what, you know, they've been playing really well and stuff like that. And, you know, and they have like the fourth best rushing defense over the last X number of weeks or something. And Arizona has been slumping. And like I, instead of looking at the fact that the Giants are objectively one of the five worst run organizations in the NFL, which no one wants to ever talk about, because why can't we say bad things about the other New York team? Because John Mara might get his feelings hurt. Go fuck himself. Um, they're, they're, they're shit team. And, Again, going back to what my friend John said, he pointed out very astutely, who have they played? What's, name a good team that they've won over the last few weeks, or they beat over the last few weeks. And sure enough, when they played the Arizona, they got their asses handed to them. And oh, by the way, Danny Dumpster dropped the football again multiple times today. I just three, uh, hit three fumbles today. What uh, a pile of shit team, pile of shit organization. And, um, you know, I think they've, as we've talked about, I think they still got the game against Cleveland, which is obviously the one that was flecked on national television. And I'm pretty sure they've got a game against the Ravens as well. Like, I could see them losing out. I hope so, because they lose out. And, well, if they lose out, we would need to win one more game, and we would win the, win the East. The crazy-ass um, NBC guy who's the new prediction of the election guy who's like everyone. Kanaki, whatever his name is. Some, whatever, something yeah, along those lines. He, he put us at great. 71% for the division. It's just really funny to see us in fourth place in the NFC. And I'm like, you know, so strange. I mean, I, we work. might run the table. I, I'm, I'm not as bullish about running the table as I was or last week when you said it. I got very excited about it. I actually thought of all the games, the Niners were the scariest one. Uh, because simply because of Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I mean, Debo Samuel, by the way, going out in the first play, Big, huge win. So Big, is Fred, huge, Fred huge Warner win. in the first to second quarter, yeah. Quarter, yeah, yeah. like legit one of the five to seven best linebackers in the NFL. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm now officially worried about the Seahawks game, though, because if Dwayne plays, we're fucked. If Dwayne uh, plays, we're losing 40 to nothing. Yeah, no and like as good as the defense is, like Dwayne's just not going to win that game. Smith, I don't. If we get Smith today, I don't think we win. But if we get kind of checked down, play it safe, but like still hit the intermediate throw, Smith that we've seen up until today, then I then I think we win. It really just comes down to that position. Um, our defense is going to cause them a lot of problems. Russell's awesome. DK probably will get his. Uh, I mean, Lockett's awesome too. But but Russell holds on to that ball a long time, and he's not going to be able to do that <clears throat> with Alan Payne, Young, and Sweat, and Kerrigan, and Settle. And Brian Schottenheimer couldn't design an offensive game plan that's worth a damn if his life depended on it. Yeah, I'm, so I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I, the only thing I'm worried about is the Seahawks quietly, for those listening, I've watched every Seahawks game, so I feel my wife is a huge Seahawks fan. Uh, it's a loser leaves town game for me this week she's I'm, i might not talk to my wife all week so just a heads up um but my point is like the seahawks for the all the negative people talk about their defense has slowly gotten better and better and better and better and better and now they're actually playing pretty well and they stuff the run pretty well so we're gonna have to beat them through the air which by the way we can and it would be really awesome to beat dunbar um but the only way I see us winning that game is if Alex is healthy and playing like we've seen him. Otherwise, I don't think we will win. Um, so it's 
kind of a hard way to make a prediction because I don't really know what's going to happen with Smith. I would like to know more just generally about his health. Um, I don't think – I mean, they put up, what, 37 points today or something? 40, I think it was. Yeah, I don't think they're going – they're not going to do that against us. you got to imagine they get two touchdowns, maybe two field goals, so they're sitting around 20 points somewhere in there. But that means we're going to have to score. You can't count on us scoring more defensive touchdowns against Russ. Like, that's probably not going to happen. So the offense has really got to show up next week uh, for us to have a shot. I, I'll pick us to win because we're hot. And uh, I just, for the sake of this household, really want to uh, really want to win. As I'll, I'll take us, but like that, I mean, Alex Smith has to be healthy for us to win that game. No lies said um, in anything that you uttered, unless unless Tyler Heineke plays, in which case we win by forty. Right, because that's that's everyone knows that. Um, I think the it's funny because if you look at I think it was the Cincinnati game even followed this blueprint. I can't remember how the Dallas game shook out, but it's very similar. The Pittsburgh game definitely shook out this way. And then to a certain extent, so the 49ers game. And I think if Smith played the whole game, it would have probably ended up the same way. Our formula has always been get down early, start off slow, wear the other team down and kind of make our second half surge, particularly our third quarter surge. We've got to be one of the best third quarter teams in the NFL. It's, it's, it's absurd how different things look coming out of halftime, which I'll take considering what we used to be in terms of, you know, looking the yeah, exact opposite, opposite under Jake Rudin. Uh, I feel like as long as we can keep the deficit down to like 14 points against Seattle in the first half. And like, as long as we're not losing by more than 14. And I think even with a 65 to 75% version of Alex Smith, which unfortunately I feel like we're going to get on Sunday, regardless of what, um, of what happens over the course of the week, like how much they try to rehab him. I think that's, what's going to ultimately where we're going to land. Um, Seattle, Seattle's not scary though. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just like they're they're kind of smoke and mirrors team to me. Um, they're kind of like a sum of the parts. That I don't really think they have. I mean, DK's a stud. Uh, Russell's a stud, but just I just feel like we're gonna. Uh, I kind of feel like we're just gonna punch him in the. Yeah, but I, and Jamal Adams is actually very good. Uh, but I just feel like we're gonna. To your point, as long as we don't go down on multiple scores, which today we were able to avoid, um, then we'll win. Like it's that simple. I just I'm not. I was scared of San Francisco because Kyle is so good at scheming and offense. I'm not scared of Ron Rivera is going to look at that tape and we're going to know all their, we're going to know what they're going to be doing. It's just a matter of, can we stop Russell? It's really comes down to and it. I think they're going to kind of stick their toe in both waters and not really commit to either because they went from a team that obsessively ran the football to the detriment of the offense to now almost in the other direction where they're like, all right, Russ, just save us every single play. And I think in many cases that works to our advantage because of the jet pass rush we're able to generate with our front four slash front five. Um, because, you know, with guys like Carson and who am I missing is the other running back at the moment. Um, Carlos, Carlos Hyde. Hyde. Carlos Hyde. That's like, that is a one, two punch that can give us some problems. And if they fully committed to giving Carlos. those those two guys, 44 carries in the game, that's a, bad recipe for us and they won't exactly i think they're gonna be like well we gotta let russ cook and those are the situations of course those are the situations as well russ can get on you know get white hot but um i am cautiously optimistic about this game um yeah i mean you, you, basically you have to sit with two high safeties which we do a lot anyway um because C- seattle's known as kind of this quick strike offense 
And a lot of that comes from their ability. Russ throws the best deep ball in football by yeah. a mile. Uh, and he can just throw it to DK and DK is going to go get it. So you have to take, you have to take that away and force them to beat you underneath. And when it comes down to crunch time, you need to run the ball and they just don't, for whatever reason, they refuse to do it. Um, so it's going to be a huge test for curl for Everett. If he can play for Reeves, um, Fuller and Darby, like hats off to him. I'm so pumped. I, our secondary is good. Legitimately our secondary is good, so they, but they're going to need a ball out because, uh, they're gonna, they're Seahawks are gonna try to go over top multiple times. Arguably the stiffest they, test of the season. Yeah, and if we take that away though, Russ has to hold that ball. See you later. Yeah, Sweat's gonna kill him. Young's gonna kill him. Allen Payne. They're all. I mean, they're the four best players in the field every time they're on the field together. Too bad one of them can't be a linebacker. All right, I think we'll call it at that point. Um. Thank you so much for everyone who's listened so far. Make sure you subscribe to us on the usual channels and outlets. Um, Hopefully we're doing this exactly with number five in a row after uh, next Sunday's game. We'll be 500. Think about that. We'll be 500 after the way things have started. We were two and seven. We would be seven. Five in a row. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.